Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. All right, welcome back. Now we get uh, Vinny walking a dog down the street and heading towards a pawn shop. Uh, Saul is inside examining a stone, which he tells Lincoln, who's played by Goldie. That's the guy's name, just Goldie. I think he's a music artist, if I remember correctly. He was also in Fifth Element. Yeah, uh, he is. He's like a rapper. Yeah. Um, or a British version of a rapper. <laughs> kind of reminds wow. me of Ali. Kind of reminds me of Ali G. What are you trying to say? <laughs> we could spit rhymes with a vessel, you know what I mean? Is no. fit, is fit, back to Slovakia with you. <laughs> Have you ever seen that movie Ali G in the house? Yeah. Oh, it's the best fucking movie ever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely I just love that sure. movie. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I, I just like watched it like... recently. I just, I yeah. just like decided one day to, re- to rewatch it. I think it was on Amazon Prime or something. <laughs> so I just fucking watched funny. it like a month or so ago. It's so stupid <laughs> funny. <It's> <laughs> like when they shoot him and his dick falls out of his pants. It goes like, <laughs> like <laughs> no. mid thigh. I know. All right. I know this has nothing to do with it, but it's a real quick story. So, so Sasha Baron Cohen just sued a local pot yeah. dispensary in Massachusetts for using his Borat's uh, likeness on a billboard here, and, which I've driven by that billboard multiple times. But in the lawsuit, he claims that Sasha Baron Cohen has never smoked marijuana in his life. Get the fuck out of here. Well, look, he's laying it out in a lawsuit, though, man. You know what I'm, I mean? That's like a pretty big thing to say in a lawsuit. But neither have I, true. and people think I'm high all the time. Well, that's true. I mean, I never have either, but I'm just saying, you know, of all people, it's, it's just surprising. Anyway, we got a movie to talk about. Sorry, oh, guys. Wait, wait. <laughs> Neither one of you guys has smoked marijuana before in your life? Ever. Whoa. That is, Ever. That's insane. That's pretty... Yep. That, that's like when people find out that Borat is actually Jewish. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, Sasha Baron Cohen is Jewish in real life. Yeah, but yes, I have never, I've never partaken. No, I know what we're doing when Doug comes to fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, we'll go back to the peer pressure thing. Try it. How are you gonna make? How are you gonna twist my arm? I don't I've made know. it this far. I've made it this far in my life. I think I'm yeah, well just too. keep the streak going. <laughs> yeah, at, at some point you've just been like, well, it's been so long that like, what, if I fucking start yeah. now. Now, edibles, uh, on the other hand. Yeah, I would <laughs> say, if we have some candy, <laughs> maybe. Oh, I, no. I, listen, here's the thing. I have a medical marijuana card in the great state of Florida, Joe. Yeah. So, oh, do you? Oh, yeah. So I can, I, you know, I can procure all kinds of, uh, Yeah. Don't worry about it. I, I, so I get Sunday it could be really fun at the Grog Grotto. I, I, I still can't get my head around the fact that, that Massachusetts is fully legal and Florida's not. I could not get my head around that. I know. Yeah. I know. You know? Anyway. Uh, and you What's got them Tom the movie, and Dan hookups. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so Lincoln, played by Goldie, uh, he's he has a Saul looking at a stone he brought in, which Saul tells him is masonite or artificial diamonds. Basically, it's worthless. Um. Saul's not happy that, that Vinny has brought a dog to the shop. Um, <laughs> Vinny says he got the dog from the Jibbos, who threw it in with some of the gold. <laughs> They're always throwing dogs in with deals. Yes. Um, which hey, is Joe. funny, because with the caravan, they gave him a dog, too, even though the dog well, that, jumped back out. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Eric, because then I got something. No, I was just going to ask. That, that bag that he throws him, is that the same bag from earlier? I think yeah. it is, yeah. Okay. The it satchel. It's like the a satchel. Yeah. Gotcha. So real quick, he calls them gypos, right? Which is the gypsies. Yeah. And that's where that's where the phrase like when you cheat someone, you gyp them. Yeah. That's where that phrase comes from. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew that one. Right. See, I'm learning stuff over here. Gypos. Yeah, you get gypped by gypsies. Right. Man, that seems so, it's, so simple. Again, it's <laughs> derogatory, but yeah. It is, but it is what it is. <laughs> the movie said it, not us. No, exactly. I, I yep. I, I, you know, I'm just doing my civic, politically correct duty. That's all yep. I'm doing. So Vinny takes the dog's leash off so it can get used to the shop. As he does this, Boris opens the door and the dog takes off running with <laughs> Vinny chasing behind it. Um, Boris tells Saul that he has a job for him, that it'll pay 50 grand for half a day's work. Um, he wants them just to hold up a bookies. Next, we see a light table, which is actually a table like with the glass top with lights in it. Uh, with diamonds spread across it. Uh, Doug the head. <laughs> you can't help yourself. It's so funny. He's just laughing every time he says it. <laughs> uh, he, he's examining the, the diamonds with Frankie in the room. Uh, Frankie tells him that he's in a rush. He needs to make the bookies. He tells Doug that he's betting on unlicensed boxing. Doug asks if he knows something that he doesn't. And Frankie says he knows a lot that he doesn't. We jump back over to Saul, who's introducing Vinny to Tyrone, and says that he's going to be their getaway driver. Uh, Tyrone is played by a man named, I think it's Aide or Ade, I'm not Ade. really sure. Um, but he is a rather, rather large man. And is quite preoccupied with the dog messing up his car. <laughs> uh, Vinny says, it's a stolen car. And Tyrone says, well, while he's at the wheel, it's his car. Yeah. Um, he he is like he's super funny. I don't know what it is. Just something about it makes me laugh. The way he talks, the way he looks. Oh yeah, he's the clown in this in this movie. There's no question. He is the, the clown. His beard that just like is in the middle of like his chin neck. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there's exactly. no like there's no like separation between chin and neck. It's just one thing with the beard in the middle. Oh jeez. 
This poor um, guy. Yeah. Uh, Vinny says he found the dog because it went right back to the Jippos. <laughs> <laughs> they pull into a petrol station. Notice I said petrol because they're in London. And uh, Vinny expresses his concern for Tyrone's driving abilities. <laughs> Tyrone says to worry about the dog and not him as he struggles to get out of the car. Yeah, I was going to say that the time they spent on that shot, I appreciate it, man. Yes. Because yeah. I feel like that sometimes, man, after a long drive. Oh, yeah. my old bones when I get out of the car every morning when I take Erica to work. I get out of the car and it's like I'm, I'm pushing on the door frame. I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah. yeah, he's like rocking back and forth to get out of this car. Oh, uh, real quick thing about a real quick thing about the dog. <laughs> he uh, he actually did bite Lenny James in the balls. Um, oh, the dog was a real problem. They had to replace the dog in the movie. Oh shit! That dog, I forget its name and his real name, but the dog just was not well behaved at all. And yeah, Lenny James wasn't hurt, but he got bit in the crotch. That's so, kind of funny. That's a different dog in part of that movie. Damn um, Dags, Dags, you like Dags? <laughs> uh, okay, where am I at here? Oh, um, once uh, Tyrone does eventually get out of the car. Vinny asks Saul, what the fuck can he get away from? <laughs> Saul then says, don't worry, he can move when he needs to work to move, and and just you worry about getting a gun. Vinny then pulls out this big-ass, like, shotgun, um, and, and then uh, Saul's like, what's that, an anti-aircraft gun? I know, it's like a freaking military shotgun, that thing is crazy. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the railgun from the fucking, uh, was it Terminator? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what, I don't know guns, but that's not a Mossberg or something. I have no idea. Like, oh, anyway, I don't know. It's, it's, it's some big fucking ass crazy shotgun. ass shotgun. Yeah, big ass military um, shotgun. Vinny says he wants to raise pulses, and Saul says you're going to raise hell. Um, next we see Frankie getting out of a van, um, and then stepping into the back, getting ready to get changed. It looks like for some reason. Which also in the scene earlier where he's talking on the phone to Avi, he changes clothes like five times in the middle oh, of the yeah. phone call. Absolutely. It yeah, was like another. Like, it, it was like a yeah. search and destroy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> except for good. Except for entertaining and good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, at the same time, Tyrone, Vinny, and Saul pull up to a parking spot. Um, that Tyrone says it's too tight, even though you could land a fucking jumbo jet there. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Uh, Saul says uh, Tyrone's a natural. So Tyrone backs into a uh, a different parking spot, slamming in reverse into the van that Frankie's getting changed in and knocking him out simultaneously. Vicky says, yeah, he's a natural fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, Tyrone says he didn't see the van because it was a funny angle. And Vinny says, it was right behind you. Whenever you reverse, things come from behind you. <laughs> the fucking just, like, the the back and forth between these guys is great. Yes. Um, and the British accent just makes it so much better. They said that uh, another piece of trivia was that, like, the writing team and, and Guy Ritchie, and they took most a lot of what those three guys got themselves into and how they fucked up come from, I guess, their shows just like here, like true crime shows on, on weekend nights in England. Yeah. That, that, like, cops or whatever. And they took the fucking stories that they saw in these oh, things awesome. that actually happened and translated it into what these three doofuses do in the movie. That's great. Um, the dog is biting on Saul's coat. 
So they give it a squeaky toy, which it just eats, just swallows it. And now the dog squeaks whenever it barks, <laughs> which goes on for the entire fucking movie. And it's awesome. You pat the dog's side, it squeaks and it barks and squeaks. Yeah. Yeah. So Turkish is uh, now questioning why Tommy put Gorgeous George into a bare knuckle boxing match two days before a fight. Tommy says he was half his size. He didn't expect him to get hurt. And Tommy's wondering why he's so upset. Turkish says he fails to see the correlation between losing 10 grand, hospitalizing Gorgeous, and a good deal. <laughs> uh, Turkish is worried about how he is going to get, or uh, explain this all to Bricktop. Uh, Tommy suggests that they should replace the fighter. Um, Turkish asks, with who? Tommy uh, says, what about the gun or Madfish? Apparently, Madfish went mad and the gun shot himself. The quick cut scenes of that happening. Just the guy that went mad in the fucking padded cell. Just twitching. And then the guy just, yeah, offing himself. It's, Can I just tell you that was my favorite part of this movie? Was that, the, <laughs> that, that qu- those two quick scenes? Yeah. I yeah. thought that they was were, fucking hilarious. They were really good. <laughs> Thank you for talking long enough for me to open a beer. You're welcome. <laughs> I was trying to reach my refrigerator and I couldn't reach it. So I was like, I hope they talk for a second. No, um, we, we wanted the uh, the audio of you cracking that thing open and taking exactly. a few sips. It was nice. Um, Tommy, uh, or Turkish gets a brilliant idea and says, let's use the pikey. Um, so sitting in a caravan, Turkish tells Mickey he, he will give him 10K to fight. And Mickey says uh, he wants a caravan for his mom. From and then mom. we, from your mom, who your mom? They t- they pass him a picture. <laughs> it, I love her picture of her smiling with her head tilted sideways. <laughs> I know, it's so good. Uh, it's such a great picture. Um, and then we get another narration from Turkish. Bricktop runs an illegal bookies. They take bets on anything that involves blood and pain. And I'm changing fighters. And Bricktop's going to exploit the situation. And I pull my pants down, grease me up, and aim for penetration. And if I didn't have the replacement piker, he'd want to split me in half. I can turn the paint off walls, these fellas. Look mean now, you dirty fucker, won't you? Shits himself when you put him in a ring. Pokey with a stick, you watch his bollocks grow. Do you like a dog fight, Turkish? We've lost gorgeous George. Shh. You're going to have to repeat that. We've lost gorgeous George. Well, where'd you lose him? He ain't a set of fucking car keys, is he? And it's not as if he's inconspicuous now, is it? Not backing out. You bet your bollocks to a barn dance you're not backing out. We're changing the fire. Oh, fuck me. Your lady friend got a voice. And who might you be changing him to, sweetheart? You won't know him. But he's mustard. Mustard? I don't care if he's Mohammed 
I'm hard Bruce Lee. You can't change fighters. Look, you've still got your fight. No, I lose all bets at the bookies. You can't change fighters at the last minute. So no, I don't have my fight, do I, you fucking prats? You can take bets at the fight. Put a lead on her, Turkish, before she gets bitten. And you don't want to get bitten now, do you, sweetheart? Make sure your man goes down in the fourth. You understand me now, don't you, Turkish? This is the one place I didn't want to be. In his debt. Which now means I'm in his pocket. You're on thin fucking ice, my pedigree chums. And I shall be under it when it breaks. Now fuck off. Three before things. I don't know, Abby. I'm not his mother, but I'm seeing him later. When? Well, he said he wanted cash, so he's coming back after he's been to a fight. It's a boxing match, Abby. A boxing match. Did he have a case with him? Yes, he had a case. And this schmuck is gambling? You're talking about Frankie, I've got a problem with gambling fucking forefingers now. Effie, I'm not telepathic. Well, you're plenty fucking stupid, I'll give you that. Do you have any idea why they call it Frankie forefingers now? No, I've no idea. Well, because he makes stupid bets with dangerous people. And when he doesn't pay up, they give him a chop, though. And I'm not talking about his fucking fortune either. Effie, I'm sure he can pay. Shut up and sit down, you big ball fuck. <laughs> I wanted to leave that last part in there so bad. I'm glad you did. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. I gotta. Um, I have to again reiterate that I love Jason Statham in this movie because I've only ever seen this guy in very similar roles like Transporter. The Mechanic, Transporter, yeah. Crank. Yeah. And uh, I like when he's utilized in this way. It's kind of like the voice of reason. You know, yeah, I, he's not just like an action piece. Yeah, right, right. I, I, I wish there were more Jason Statham movies like this because we, uh, we attempted to watch the Transporter movies recently. Oh, oh and uh, first one is tolerable. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is what it is. Rule number one: never change the deal. Kind of shit. Yeah. But as those sequels progress, oh my god! Like it is. It's yeah. it's basically what the Fast and the Furious franchise. I was, gonna, is. I was just getting ready to say Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this yeah. is a welcome change for me, man. Uh, yeah, you got to actually... check out Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, Eric, because it, it's the same thing. And it's yeah, yeah he's actually acting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. now, well, now that I've got some Guy Ritchie in my in my world, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see what else uh, this guy has done, man. This was. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, also, we get to see then during that little interaction that uh, he's changed the fighter. Um, Bricktop's obviously not happy about this, but what can he do at this point? Except oh, for... his lines are also priceless in that clip. <laughs> yeah, um, I like how he keeps referring to fucking Tommy as a woman. <laughs> Put a lead oh, on she has a voice. Got a voice. 
<laughs> Put a muzzle on her. Um, but, uh, and then we get, you know, Avi telling Doug that he's coming to London because Frankie's got a gambling problem and he's with the diamond going to a fight. Um, and we get that cool. Yeah. See, which happens three times in this movie. Yeah. Um, it takes basically a, a shot of something, gets in the airplane and flies in the taxi and then sit down, you big, fat, bald fuck. <laughs> um, so Avi's now in London with Doug and tells him he doesn't like leaving his country, especially leaving it for anything less than warm, sandy beaches and cocktails with little straw hats, <laughs> which apparently he doesn't like that either because he hates Miami. <laughs> that's my uh, tie-in to Big Trouble. Yep, that's I true. Mean, his, his delivery and his dialogue is so similar to Big Trouble for me. Yeah, It is. Yeah. yeah. It's it's called Dennis Farina acting. Yeah, it was Dennis Farina staple. He you know he was a cop in real life. He he only started acting later in life. He was actually a cop for a long time. Oh, that's cool, I mean man. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is no all fart on your entree, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's still pretty good. Um, I was surprised there was no Gator fans though. Yeah, but I appreciated um, that in this movie he had to go to a place that he didn't want to go, much yep. like Big Trouble. Yep. yep. And couldn't wait to get out. Oh, yeah. Um, I I do like after he drops the line, though, Doug kind of says, we've got sandy beaches. <laughs> <laughs> and Avi says, who the fuck wants to see him? I hope you can pr- appreciate the concern I have for my friend Frankie. I'll find him, and you'll help me find him, and we'll start at that fight. Um, we cut back over to Vinny, who's rubbing the dog's stomach, listening to it squeak, and wondering how he's going to get the toy out. Uh, they've now been sitting outside of this bookies for quite a while as it's nighttime and uh, Vinny is starting to get impatient. Uh, Saul says they're waiting for a man with four fingers carrying a briefcase. The Russian gets the case. They get the money. Um, Doug and Avi are now at the fight. Uh, Doug is like bribing his way in through the back. Uh, like he's, he keeps handing envelopes full of money to every fucking bouncer he walks into. Um, and then all Avi seems to care about is finding Frankie. Bricktop is uh, with a group of businessmen, and he's telling them that the fighter is going to go down in the fourth, uh, not to worry. Um, at this point, it's just jumping around a lot here, so we're going to get a lot of these like jumping around scenes. Uh, so I'm going to try to like break it up a little with my my voice. It's it's admirable that you're doing the lead on this one because I don't envy you at all. Yeah. I mean, the way this film is cut, it it works as a viewer because you're jumping from thing to thing to thing and it's, you know, engaging. But yeah, to, to try to like put it into words is like, okay, uh, we're doing this, we're doing this thing. And then, uh, something else completely. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're here. It's like ADHD as a movie. Yep. Um, so, a man with a briefcase walks into the bookies, but they didn't get a good look and they didn't see whether he had four fingers or not, but Vinny and Saul decide that it's go time. Um, they enter the bookies, guns drawn, masks on. Um, there's a girl at the counter, and they, and she, like, this chick is so fucking, has, she has the biggest balls of anyone in this movie. <laughs> so great. <laughs> she asks, do they know whose bookie this belongs to, or who this bookie belongs to? Um... 
as Vinny starts to threaten her, she triggers the alarm in this like security door feature, um, which actually lifts Vinny up to the roof inside of the <laughs> window. <coughs> Saul uh, uses the big ass gun to blow a hole into the wall um, and looks through it and points the gun at her and tells her to lower that safety shield. When he did that, when Lenny James did that, the gun uh, slammed him square in the balls. Oh. <laughs> and he kept he kept the scene going, and they used that in the movie, but he got hit square in the nuts with, with the butt, with the stock of that gun. That's funny. <laughs> That's a yeah. professional right there. Locks, yeah. lock, stock, and two smoking dicks. Or balls. <laughs> two smoking uh, exactly. Two smoking dicks. Yeah, two now, smoking balls. Uh, I, which, I, too, have trivia about this scene. Um, it was inspired. You ever watch those reality shows where it's like world's dumbest criminals? Yeah. yeah. This was based on one of those shows. Like oh, this I whole scenario. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Oh 100%. yeah, because there's been scenes of not being able to open the door because you're just not pulling it in the right way, but you think it's yeah. locked and the whole. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so he tells her to fill up the bag, and she just calmly says, "All bets are off." <laughs> he says, "I'm not here to make a bet." And she once again reiterates, all, all bets are bets off. are off. <laughs> and if all bets are off, then there is no money. At this point, Saul realizes there's no money and looks for the man with the briefcase and realizes that he has all of his fingers. <laughs> um, uh, as he... Oh, she, she says there's a bag of copper coins. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, starting to kind of lose it and uh, is looking at the copper coins that she presented when she actually grabs the gun that he set down on the counter and re-engages the security system. Um, uh, Saul and Vinny at this point uh, think that they're completely just locked into this room and that they're kind of fucked. Um, Saul uh, tries to shoot the door with the gun he still has, but the bullet ricochets and Vinny like immediately grabs his leg thinking he's hit and... <laughs> The bag of coins is hit and goes flying everywhere. Um, they then sit down and take their masks off and look directly into a security camera. <laughs> As they're sitting there thinking that they're fucked, Tyrone walks up and just opens the door nonchalantly. Um, as they get into the car, Frankie is regaining consciousness in the van. And as Tyrone starts to pull away, the back door of the van opens and Frankie stumbles out. Tyrone slams in the brakes. This time he has no problem getting out of the car. Um, I guess when it's go time, it's go time for him. Uh, but he jumps out, knocks out Frankie, tries to take the briefcase off, but when he realizes he can't, he just throws Frankie in the back seat with uh, Vinny. It's adrenaline, you know? Yeah. I, I like that it's funny that, like, because he, he was right. When, when the time came, he was able to get the job done. Yes. When the other two couldn't do shit. Um, we're back at the fight now. We're in the ring, and Turkish is in the corner telling Mickey, make sure you go down in the fourth. But Mickey's worried about getting killed before the fourth. Um, right out of the gate as the fight starts, Mickey gets headbutted. Um, and as he does, he comes right back, and then one punch knocks out the bomber. Uh, we get a shot of Bricktop, who is... I'd say not very happy. Yeah. Um, Bricktop, as he's walking out, uh, tells the, the businessman that he's going to make it up to them, that, you know, he's real sorry. And then some random guy steps up and says, thanks for the tip. At which point, 
uh, Bricktop says, when he throws a dog a bone, he doesn't want to know how it tastes. <laughs> and then he cuts the guy and tells him next time he's going to make it even worse if he ever yeah. stops him again. Cut his balls off. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with, uh, with Bricktop. I'll put it that way. Um, outside the pawn shop, we see Boris the Blade walk up. He walks in and he finds Vinny, Saul, and Tyrone with Frankie in the back room tied up with a tea cozy on his head. Boris makes a motion, like, come into the other room, um, and then ask why he's there. They say that the uh, the case was attached to his arm, and Boris says, well, why didn't they just cut it off? <laughs> and they say, because we're not butchers. But they tell Boris that he has a problem, because there wasn't very much cash at the bookies. So Boris pulls out ten grand and says, uh, you can have this. Uh, but Vinny says no and pulls out the diamond and says they want at least half of this. Boris then tells him that the case contents were his and what the, was at the bookie was theirs. Uh, Vinny then says, well, you know, half as generous as they could just keep the whole fucking thing. Um, they walk back into the other room and then uh, Boris is putting in earplugs, pulls out a gun and shoots Frankie. Um, they all jump. And uh, he says he had to do it because that Frankie couldn't know his name. When they said his name out loud, it kind of fucked the whole thing up. Uh, Boar says to give him the stone. They say, well, the stone's kind of in the case. And then Boar tells him about the case. He goes, well, you just shot the only man who knows the combination. Uh, so, out of nowhere, Boar flips his jacket open and he has a giant fucking butcher's knife and cuts Frankie's <laughs> hand off. <laughs> I mean, listen, I like- he he had to get that nickname somehow, man. Yeah. I do find it funny that he saw it on the inside of Frank of uh, Frankie's wrist. So he had to take the briefcase and part of Frankie's or, or his yeah. hand and part of his arm as opposed to just, just cutting, cutting the hand, the hand off, off and slipping the, you know, the, the I thought that was off. pretty, pretty but- funny, too. I'm like, why did he just cut the hand off and then take the briefcase yeah. only? Well, I'll tell you, the, the guy, the dude who plays Boris, so yeah, Rade, Sherbeg, yeah, whatever, he is so good in this. And look, he he, he plays a lot of baddies in movies, like like yes. Eastern European Russian baddies. He the comed- His comedic value to this movie is like just unbelievable. Oh, it's so perfect. He's so good at being funny bad. Yeah, uh, he's like flick, funny and, and serious at the same time. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, just, yeah, there's some later scenes we'll talk about. He's just so good. He, he really is. Um, now we get a quick narration again from uh, from Turkish. Now it's not too clever to hang about after Mickey's performance. Brick Top in Shore will be looking to kill Tommy, Mickey and myself. I know he's looking for us. But I don't have a choice. I'm happy to leave the country, but I need money to do so. And any money I have is in the safe, which is in the office. Once I have that, it's... Oink, oink. Shit. So that's where you keep the sugar. Brings you to it. Run out of pants to sniff. That sounds like hostility, doesn't it, John? Oh, we don't like hostility. Do we, Errol? No, we don't, John. Hey. 
I just had them polished. Go and put the kettle on. You take sugar? No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet enough. No, thank you, Turkish. I'm sweet enough. Yeah. So, basically, Turkish is back in his office. He's got a wall safe, and he's trying to get his money so he can get out of town. But Bricktop's there waiting for him with his goons. See, that's the cool thing about Bricktop, too. And I, if somebody said this already, I apologize. But he's a hands-on dude. Like, he, he's the mob boss that gets his hands dirty. Like, he's involved in everything. He'll get physical if he needs to. He sends his goons when he needs to. They're there for him, but he has no qualms about dealing with shit himself, which is like atypical that. of a lot of yeah. like mob guys in movies. You know what I mean? Like the bosses. Yeah. He wants something done shit. right. You, you got to do it yourself, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now we jump back over to the pawn shopper. Boris is taking the arm in the briefcase. <laughs> and and tells the guys they can keep the ten grand and the body, but he better never fucking see them again. Um, Bricktop then tells uh, Turkish he has a bare knuckle fight coming up in a few days, and he's going to use the pikey. Uh, Turkish is like, for sure. And he goes, Yeah, I know for sure. I'm not fucking asking. <laughs> um, yeah. But this time he better go down on the fourth. Uh, Bricktop then tells Turkish to go ahead and open his safe and clears it out. Um. And Bricktop tells Errol to try to find out who uh, robbed his bookies. Back at the Pikey camp, Turkish and Tommy approach Mickey's mom. Um, they're looking for Mickey. Uh, Tommy actually brings her some flowers. You sneaky <laughs> little cunt. Funny. That was very funny. Um, she doesn't want, you know, them getting her son in any trouble. He's a good boy. <laughs> he's a good boy. She's, she says he's out coursing. <laughs> Um, which then uh, Turkish explains that that's where they set dogs loose after a hare, and then the rabbit gets fucked, and Tommy says, properly fucked? Yeah, <laughs> proper <laughs> fucked. Um, and he goes, yes, by the Germans. <laughs> For our second Z Germans. Um, Errol is now reviewing security footage with uh, Bricktop, and trying to figure out who these guys are that are sitting there with their masks off looking like idiots. It's Saul and Vinny, of course. Um, they don't recognize them. However, then Tyrone comes in and he goes, oh, there's that fat fuck Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> um, now we get another quick clip. Um, I cut a bunch of the music out because I wanted the last little line in here. But um, there's a spot in this where musical play and I'll, I'll talk what I'll talk when we get after the clip what happens during that scene because it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. But uh, we get some cool pikey stuff going on here. Well, do you want to do it? That depends. On what? On you. Hey, this caravan. Ah, uh, not the rules. The rules. It's not the same caravan. It's not the same fight. It's twice the fucking size of the last one. Turkish, the fight is twice the size. And my master needs a caravan. They like to look after me mad. It's a fair deal. Take it. Okay. You're lucky we aren't Wormfield after your last performance. Buying a Tarts Mobile Palace is a little fucking rich. Some calling your mum a tart, I just meant. Now save your breath and cured your pies. Hey, look, so much a heck of two roof lights. Uh, the sign is frame furniture. 
And the scarf cushions with the matching shark pack cover. Yeah. Right. It's a terrible parcel to the with the blue bags. Have I made myself clear, Bass? Yeah, that's perfectly clear, Mickey, yeah. Just give me one minute to confer with my colleague. Did you understand a single word of what he just said? <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Fucker. I bet you for it. You're what? You bet you for it. Tommy did last time. Do me a favour. I'll do you a favour. You have first me. If I win, I get a caravan. And the buyers get a pair of them shoes. <laughs> if I lose... Oh, fuck it. I'll do the fight for free. Now, the last thing I really want to do is bet a piker. However, I don't really have much of a choice. Somehow, I've got to get him to fight. If I lose... Well, I don't even want to think about losing. Okay. I reckon the hair gets fucked. What? Proper fuck. You <laughs> <laughs> got that, London. <laughs> hey, we're on! Hey, Winkle Blue. Hey, mate. Who's proper fuck now, then? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I cut out about four minutes of music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, and annoying music at that. Like my wife came into the room. She's like, "What the yeah. fuck are you watching?" Yeah, that was a little weird. That, yeah. <laughs> I was watching. Um, so, anyways, a, a German porno with techno music yeah, in the back. Exactly. Pretty much, Scheiser. <laughs> um, while the music's playing, though, we see this cool scene of like the dogs chasing the hare. Um, but at the same time, John and Errol are chasing Tyrone. Right. And while uh, the hair gets away in, in the end, and they are proper fucked because of that, Tyrone doesn't. <laughs> uh, Tyrone gets thrown into, like, a pit with some dogs, and, um, you know, he, he ends up spilling the beans on Saul and Vinny. Uh, do you know what he said when uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, do you know understand a word of what he said? He wanted a double skylight, and I know he wanted it in Periwinkle Blue, but I don't. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> he goes, "Well, the first thing is buying a Tart's mobile palace is a little fucking rich." I wasn't calling your mom a Tart; I just met. Well, yeah, goes, that yeah. He says, "Save your breath for cooling your portrait, your porridge, right?" She's also terribly par partial to the Periwinkle Blue. Have I made myself clear? <laughs> I had to pull the actual movie script to understand what the fuck he was saying. Yeah, Not the rogue yeah. one, the rose. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a, I fucking love the Pikes. So when that in that scene, when when Mickey starts, he gets he starts walking towards the two of them, and the dog jumps up on him. Of course, that wasn't scripted either. The dog got oh, spooked yeah. and it scared the shit out of Brad Pitt, but he just kept going with it. <laughs> yeah, you could see it in his face. You could see it. You could see it on his face that he didn't expect that shit to happen, but he just kept going with it, man. And it was in the movie. That's so great. Um, I also like the line where he goes. When he says, uh, I, I bet the hair gets fucked. Ha, proper fucked. I picked that up in London. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Uh, so, um, Tommy and Turkish are walking away defeated. And uh, Tommy says something's very wrong with what with all of this. He's like, they're the ones that wanted to buy a caravan off him. <laughs> uh, then Turkish asks, 
well, why didn't you just bust a cap in his ass doing yeah, his best uh, Ali G impression? <laughs> yes. Um, but then he tells him that the gun would just do more damage if he threw it at him. Tommy's like, what do you mean? He goes, did you ever try the gun? Um, as they're driving in the car, Tommy tries to shoot it, but nothing. Just clicks. And then he realizes that uh, Boris got his ass. Um, now, this next scene has to be played. I, I, You know, I know we just played one. But this one has to be played. Because this is probably one of the defining uh, scenes of this movie as far as uh, as as, uh, as narration goes. And that's how to dispose of a body. What has he got a tea cozy on his head for? To keep his head warm. What happened to him? He got shot in the face, Lincoln. I would have thought that was obvious. What'd you do that for? You mistaken for a rabbit? What'd you want me to do about it? Sort it out. Not a fucking witch doctor. But you are a bad boy yardie. And bad boy yardies are supposed to know how to get rid of bodies. I create the bodies. I don't erase the bodies. It's like we're in Governor. Goody gumdrops. Get us a cup of tea, would you, Errol? Grab hold of his legs. What do you think I'm gonna grab him by? His fucking ears. Hope this is not a bad moment. Do you know who I am? I do. Good. That will save me some time then. Well, I don't. You're always going to have problems lifting a body in one piece. Apparently the best thing to do is cut up a corpse into six pieces and pile it all together. Would someone mind telling me? Who are you? And when you've got your six pieces, you've got to get rid of them. Because it's no good leaving it in a deep freeze for your mum to discover now, is it? Then I hear the best thing to do is feed them to pigs. You've got to starve the pigs for a few days, then the sight of a chopped up body will look like curry to a piss head. You've got to shave the heads of your victims and pull the teeth out for the sake of the pig's digestion. You could do this afterwards, of course, but you don't want to go sieving through pig shit now, do you? They will go through bone like butter. You need at least 16 pigs to finish the job in one setting, so be wary of any man who keeps a pig farm. They will go through a body that weighs 200 pounds in about eight minutes. That means that a single pig can consume two pounds of uncooked flesh every minute. Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig. Well, thank you for that. That's a great weight off my mind. Now, I mean, if you wouldn't mind telling me who the fuck you are, apart from someone who feeds people to pigs, of course. Do you know what nemesis means? 
a righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an honourable cunt, me. Gentlemen, Fucking break top so great. Yes, he is. Fucking Orbel cunt like me. <laughs> um, so we get the, the the famous pigs scene where he tells them basically in detail how to get rid of a body because they're obviously struggling with this. Um, Lincoln knows who he is, and he uh, looks extremely worried when he when he see, first sees him. Yeah, dude. He's like. like he's- He's menacing in a way that's totally unexpected. Yes. As, as like a proper British gentleman, you know, talking about pigs and shit. Yeah. When you can make a bad boy yardy <laughs> scared like that. <laughs> Fucking bad boy yardy. Yeah. I don't make bodies erase. I don't erase bodies. I make them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he says. It's fucking funny. But uh, anyway, so they go through the I scene the there. Bodies, I don't erase them. <laughs> And um, he's building up the tension the whole time with his just talking, like, literally just crazy-ass old white man walks into this, like, pawn shop with a dead body on the floor and three gangster-looking dudes sits down and is telling them how to get rid of a body um, and explain to them what a nemesis is. Then he walks him into a room that looks like it's straight out of the TV show Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> Coroner's bags with Tyrone sitting in one of them. Um, and just plastic wrap everywhere. Like they know at this point they are fucked. Proper fucked. Proper. Proper fucked. fucked. That's um, the worst kind. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, not really. That's actually the <laughs> best kind. <laughs> uh, depends on if you're the one getting fucked or the one doing the fucking. Uh, which. I don't want to bring up, but we had an interesting discussion on Just Surprise Me about that that uh, opened up opened up some uh, eyes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> if you want to find out about that, listen to that podcast. I'm going to have to check um, that out. Yeah. Uh, we know what verse means now. Yeah, I had no idea. I learned so much from our show. It's great. From one of our Patreons. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. So now we go to a pub where we see Doug, Avi, and the daughters. Uh, Avi asks, where's Frankie? Um, Doug says, I'm not a bounty hunter. Uh, One of the daughters suggests, uh, you know, Tony, you know, bullet tooth Tony. Uh, Then they're explaining who he is. But at the same time, we get this flashback, which is, it's crazy. It's like a strip club with like this like kung fu guy and a yeah. sword <laughs> um, and and a mullet on on Tony and uh, <laughs> he gets shot six times and then just gets up crazy as fuck with a sword and uh, 
tells the guy who shot him he's in trouble now. And he's played, yeah. of course, by Vinnie Jones, who's just a badass. <laughs> I love it. Avi goes, six times? And Doug's response is, in one sitting. In one sitting. <laughs> 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 That's so a great good. line. Um, they pick up the phone to call him, and we see a car phone ringing, and we also hear a noise that zooms back and shows Tony bashing someone's head in the car door jam. Uh, Which is a, is a repeat of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Yep. Although in this movie it's comedic, and in Lockstock it is anything but more comedic. Serious. Yeah. Um, very serious, but very emotional. We'll leave it at that. Worth watching. Oh yeah, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it, man. Get on that shit. That's that's um, in he, line to be my favorite uh, head smashed in a car door scene. Uh, yeah. Right now it's Vincent D'Onofrio and Daredevil. But uh, oh, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. Well, that's almost an homage to uh, Lockstock, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. There was another really good one I've seen recently, but I can't think of what it was. You know, there's so I'll many good it. scenes with people getting their heads smashed <laughs> and car yeah. doors. It's hard to exactly. keep track. Exactly. Um, so uh, he throws the guy aside and answers the phone. Bonjour. <laughs> it's so fucking funny um i love it when vinnie jones plays like a super like like happy sweet guy like he does it a couple times and like like i've seen him in a couple things where he plays like this really like nice bubbly guy yes yeah um and he it's was so a soccer like, star in england before he was an actor yeah a footballer yeah. a footballer sorry yep uh, you gotta say it right uh, i know um, so, oh, we're going to get so- all the emails I'm from sorry, all the- yeah. Well, we know we have one. <laughs> sorry, yeah, Travis. Oh, oh, also. No, well, yeah, Travis, too. But uh, no, my, my buddy Adam, the budget pedal chap, he'll correct me on that one. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when I say trunk of the car later, just know for you, I mean boot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a club, not a team. And f- right. And for Andrew, yeah. it's oot in a boot. <laughs> and if they were wearing a fanny pack, I know that means something completely different in England. <laughs> we go. Um, but in the plastic wrap room, where uh, the Dexter room basically, where Bricktooth has Saul, Vinny, Tyrone, and Lincoln, um, uh, in bags on the floor, uh, Saul pleads to Bricktop and says, if they give him four days, he'll get them this massive diamond. Uh, Bricktop says they got forty hours, or it's their families, and then the pigs will finish what the dogs don't. Um, you can tell he's not fucking around, basically. No, that gets the point across, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Avi and Doug are now having a meeting with Bullet Tooth Tony, who's sitting between the twins. Avi says he needs Tony to find a man, and Tony says, "Well, that depends on the uh, what is it the the numbers involved or the the reasons involved." Uh, yeah, Basically, how many reasons? He gives he offers him forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. Yeah. Forty thousand. Uh, reasons. T- Tony asks where he was last seen, and Doug says at a bookies. Uh, Tony then asks for her phone and says that that bookie's got blagged last night. At which point, Avi says, speak English. I thought this country spawned the language and so far nobody seems to speak it. Which I fucking love Farina saying that shit. It's so good. Um, Tony says that means they got robbed and they're going to go see someone who might know something. We see two kind of skinny nerd guys standing outside of a pub talking shit. I think they're Scottish by the accent. 
Yes, they guess. are. You and Brummer from Train Spotting. Yeah. Play Spud in Train Spotting. That's right. Okay, I knew I knew, knew him from somewhere. He's also I in the Mummy. Oh, the, yeah, uh, he is. The Brendan Fraser Mummy. He's in that as well. He's a pilot, I believe. I think um, he is. And he's in Wonder Woman too. Anyway, I didn't I, see that. <laughs> I, um, well, yeah. Tony rolls up behind them. Uh, Tony calls out and uh, to the guy named Mullet, and he seems shook. Uh, he looks back at Tony and asks if he's all right. Tony says, oh, nice tie. Yeah. The The guy says, oh, I thought you were dead. And Tony says, nope, my blood's still warm, unlike yours. <laughs> uh, Tony asks who blagged Brick Top's bookies. Um, uh, he says, uh, well, come on, you got to do me a favor. And Tony says, if you tell him, he'll do you a favor and not bash the living fuck out of him in front of his girlfriends. <laughs> Uh, so Mullet leans in close and asks Tony to make it worth his while, which was a bad move because Tony then grabs him by that tie that he complimented him on a second ago and starts to roll the window up, trapping his head. Tony asks if he's comfortable and then says, it's uh, sadly ironic that this tie got him into this pickle. Uh, but Tony tells uh, Mullet, take all the time he needs. And then he starts up the car. Um... Tony starts uh, driving down the street slowly while Mullet's head, of course, is stuck in the window. Um, he asks what he thinks he's doing, you peen ass. <laughs> uh, then he asks him if he's been using dog shit for toothpaste. <laughs> uh, Mullet asks him to slow down, but Tony decides, no, nah, I'm going to speed up instead and puts on some music. And the song Lucky Star comes on. Yes. Oh, I love this. I love this track. Um, so little piece of trivia I read that Guy Ritchie paid a million dollars of this film's budget to use that song yeah I saw that wow saw that. that's insane and it's yeah. funny because they were married four months after it came out so you would think they already had a relationship but I guess not yeah I don't know that's crazy though that's yeah that's a, that's a good deal of money um uh, I mean, some of that, some of that could have gone to Anthony Hopkins. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? <laughs> I don't know. Alan Ford still did a good job, and technically, if we were going with uh, Westworld Sanders, Doctor Ford was Anthony Hopkins. Bingo, uh, bingo, bongo. TikTok around the clock. Joe going yeah. meta. There we go. So uh, six degrees Mo of Kevin Bacon, right there. There we go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So uh, Mullet tells him. That two guys that work at a pawn shop on Swiss Street did it. Um, Avi tells Tony this was very effective, not too subtle, but effective, and then asks if they're going to take him with them, at which point Tony rolls down the window and Mullet falls to the street. Uh, we get to the pawn shop, and Bullet Tooth Tony has a gun to Saul's head and tells and asks who has Saul's head, and then Saul tells him it's the Russian. Uh, but to be technical, he's an Uzbekistanian. Avi asks for a name. Sol tells him Boris. Tony asks Boris the Blade, as in Boris the Bullet Dodger. Which I love how Boris has a bunch of different names. I know. Um, and then Avi says, why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? And Tony just looks disgusted and he goes, because he dodges bullets. Exactly. <laughs> it's so great when he says that. Um, we now see... Uh, 
Turkish on the phone talking to Bricktop. Um, he tells him that uh, the, the Pikey won't fight unless he, they buy his mom a caravan and that he took all their savings, so they can't really do that. Uh, Bricktop says, in the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. It's <laughs> 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 a great line. Uh, Turkish uh, reiterates that he's stubborn and says he has to look after his mom. Uh, Bricktop asks if he's taking the piss. Uh, Turkish asks what he can do. Why, why he can't make him do it? And then Bricktop says, "You're not much good to me alive, are you, Turkish?" He hangs <laughs> up the phone uh, and tells Errol he's useless. Go punish him. And uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick break because uh, it's time to punish you guys. <laughs> we'll see you on the next one. Do you know anyone with a birthday? Get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com. Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericpabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. 